0: The only characters I ever don't like are the ones that leave no impression on me, and I don't write characters that leave no impression on me. Lauren DeStefano You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Leigh Just a heads up, this is a re-record of our bonus episode. We had some technical difficulties, So if you watched us go live on Facebook, or if you go back to our Facebook page and watch that video now, it is a different version than what we have in this podcast.
1: And if you didn't see that, what we're doing today is sort of a quiz game, which is why we aren't recording the same one over. I am picking a character from my own writing, and she is picking a character from her own writing, and we are answering questions in an interview style based on everything we've talked about this month, and at the end of the entire thing, she's going to have to guess which character I have in my mind, and I'm going to have to guess hers.
0: So if you like this episode, go to our Facebook page, watch the live. It is a rough cut, just straight us doing our thing without any edits, but we're doing different characters, so you'll see different interactions and answers and everything. Follow along with us as we ask questions. Answer these questions for your own character as well, because it helps you learn who they are. There are several questions that we're going to ask each other, especially me, (laughs) that I won't necessarily know the answer right away. But asking these questions helps me define my character that still needs some work.
1: And this list of questions in its completed form will be on the landing page for this episode. And that's on our website, which is ReadingRootsPodcast.com. So if you want to reference it later, because you're listening in the car or doing dishes or whatever, you can go back and ask yourself these questions for all of
0: your characters, or at least the ones that are interesting. <laughs> Let's get into this. First up, what are your character's statistics?
1: My character is male. He's in his early 40s, and he has the nickname... But telling you what it is would give it away.
0: (laughs) Okay. Do you have height, hair color, eye color? He's a little shorter than six feet.
1: He's got sort of a reddish brown hair that's somewhat short cropped. I have no clue what color his eyes are.
0: What about yours? My character is about six foot two. So pretty tall. Black hair. Green eyes. Does not have a nickname. Would kill anybody who
1: found out if he had a nickname?
0: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) He has titles, and that's what matters. Does he wear glasses or contacts or any prosthetics of any kind? Considering he's older, he probably has reading glasses. (laughs) But never in front of anyone else. He's pretty vain? Uh, yeah. (laughs) My
1: character does not have any glasses or contacts or anything like that. He's naturally, physically just very adept, and that's always made him very attractive and charming to a lot of people.
0: How about scars, tattoos, birthmarks?
1: I don't think he has any. He hasn't really lived a lifestyle worthy of scars. He's gotten in fistfights, and he's probably had some broken bones and such, but I don't think... Nothing that would be like stab wounds or
0: gunshots.
1: What about yours?
0: No, because he has had easy access to healing his whole life. So despite being in plenty of situations he should have been scarred, the magic system helped prevent that for him. So he could remain vain and beautiful.
1: My character, as far as his clothing style and you know, some sort of theme... It's pretty simplistic because he needs to be able to blend in, but he's always very particular about making sure it's clean. He could be wearing t-shirt, board shorts, but it needs to be clean. Dirty grosses him out.
0: Are we both doing villains? Maybe. (laughs) Let's move on past the statistics of a character and what they do. Calling back to our episode about using D&D, What are the strongest and weakest stat attributes for your character? His
1: strongest is somewhere between physical strength and charisma. I would say charisma, but that's mostly because he uses it more. He's able to manipulate people very easily. His weakest is probably wisdom, because even though he's had a lot of issues in his life, he hasn't grown from them. He hasn't learned from them. He hasn't become better because of them.
0: My character, his strongest would definitely be charisma, followed closely by intelligence. His weakest has to be strength, because he's never had to rely on physical strength for anything. Does he have a weapon of choice? Magic! Does does he have a favorite gemstone? Emeralds. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's the one he kind of grew up with, and that's his, like, his thing. But he, with other gemstones, has been able to really use emeralds for his manipulation. And and it's that creating things to look pretty, but they're actually really problematic.
1: Mine, despite his desire to keep everything clean all the time, he likes short blades like pocket knives and maybe a kitchen knife. He likes something really short and easy to move with. He's not exactly like Kung Fu Swift. He's more of a stabby, stabby, slashy, slashy. But he never gets the blood on himself. That is something he is particular about.
0: But he still likes those up-close, intimate kills. Yes, he wants to see the light drain from your eyes. Do they have any special training or education? He spent a
1: fair amount of time in jail. And that's where his mentality shifted into what it is now.
0: My character has all sorts of special training. Pretty much all focused on the magic system. He went to a special school for learning magic. He has studied the books his entire life. He's arguably the best sorcerer there is in the world. What is his most treasured possession? His dead wife. Going <laughs> all Carl Tanzler on <laughs> us here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that has to be the answer. That. It's his dead wife. is his most treasured possession, which sounds really morbid, but there is a reason for it. It's just super spoilery.
1: I mean, he is a villain, so that's okay. My character, having gone to jail, he doesn't have a lot of possessions necessarily because he knows that anything physical he has can be taken away. So he mostly collects memories and moments. He definitely chooses to savor moments that are important to him. But as far as physical stuff, I mean, he picks up a a pocket knife at a gas station that he carries through most of the story, but it's not really treasured in the classic sense of the word. How would your character want to die? That's a tough one. I think it doesn't really matter exactly how, so long as it's on his own terms. He's the one making that decision because he's had so much taken away from him. That is something he wants to
0: maintain control over. What about yours? He doesn't. <laughs> okay, well, there's that. He's going a little Voldemorty here, and the uh, I'm immortal; I can never die. So everything that he does is to prevent permanent death. So next question
1: set is based on relationships. Does your character have any family that's still alive?
0: No. And we'll just leave it there. <laughs>
1: Who my character considers family at the beginning of the book, there are some, but through his own actions by the end of the book, there aren't.
0: So there's no favorite family member (laughs) 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 for (laughs) either of ours? (laughs)
1: Favorite in the sense that...
0: Dead wife? (laughs) (laughs) Person he wants to kill. (laughs) Is there a person they most admire? That answer changes depending on the phase of his life that he's
1: in. At the beginning of the book, it's himself. He thinks that no one else can understand exactly what he's gone through. In his backstory, one of the main characters in the book collection is somebody that he truly admired and looked up to until that trust was broken.
0: Again, the dead wife. (laughs) He always saw his wife as a symbol of hope, of goodness, of what's right in the world. And when he lost her, all of that went away. It died with her. The only person that he admires is his wife. He doesn't even admire himself. I'd almost think
1: with someone with his kind of education, there would be like some Alexander the Great in history that he looks up to as far as his world conquering plans.
0: Yeah, but I haven't fleshed out that part of the world. (laughs) That's fair. I mean, when it comes to his relationships, it is his wife.
1: In the nature section of our questions, is there something that your character has a knack for?
0: Something he's naturally inclined toward? Manipulation. (laughs) (laughs) His charisma was basically something he was born with. He was just very naturally charismatic And then, of course, his magic, that is a bloodline nature aspect of the world.
1: My character is naturally good at figuring people out in a very short amount of time in order to get what he wants from them. So he can spend dinner with a collection of 10 people and know what makes each person tick enough to kill them in that capacity.
0: What are your character's hobbies? He likes sailing.
1: When he was in jail, he had a lot of different things taken away from him. But seeing the ocean and learning to sail has kind of freed him in a solitary way where he's not dependent on anybody. He can
0: just go. And he really likes sailing and killing people. (laughs) Studying, reading just learning it would have to kind of be his main hobby. Just very bookish. On to nurture. This is the what happened in their life that shaped them. What is your character's cornerstone memory?
1: There was a moment where the group of people that he is invested in and trusted in, one of them betrays them. And that brings the government down on this conspiracy and sends this character to jail. So that faithfulness and trust in these people whom he valued higher than family was broken, and he's had a hard time reconnecting with people and trusting people ever since. And by the beginning of the book, he's out for revenge.
0: My character's cornerstone memory is the explosion that killed his wife. The explosion that he caused that he refuses to accept that he caused. Everything from that point on changed his goals in life. It changed how he saw the world. It changed how he interacted with the world and made him see himself as a victim. Is there something that your character is ashamed of? Deep, deep, deep down inside. He knows he caused the death of his wife, and he's ashamed of that. Deep inside. (laughs) He has really suppressed that memory.
1: I think my character, if you were able to just ask him, he would say that he's ashamed of his time he wasted trying to be a good person.
0: Well, isn't that just creepy? (laughs) Is there a time where someone else has saved their life?
1: When he first met the mentor character, he was suicidal. He was one of those people that was outgoing that nobody expected to be unhappy because he buried it so deeply. And this mentor character helped him recognize that the world was about more than his own troubles. And by helping solve other people's troubles, he can also discover his own self-worth in a way. And so in an aspect, the mentor character helped him not commit suicide and therefore saved his life?
0: The parents of my main character saved his life after the explosion. I'm right conning this. I am changing it in the prologue because I need this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I realized a big problem with my prologue. It's part of why he wasn't able to kill them for so long because there is a piece of him that recognized that it really wasn't their fault and that they actually helped save him. But it took him several years to convince himself that they were the real villains of the story. On to
1: the flaws section. Does your character think he has any flaws? Is there anything he would want
0: to change? His reliance on other people. He doesn't want to have to rely on other people, but he recognizes that he has to. And so I I think if anything about him he would want to change, it would be that he would want to be more autonomous in his life. What about your character?
1: I think certain experiences. So he wishes he had knowledge that he has now. He wishes he had it then. But I'm not sure there's anything he thinks about his personality that's flawed. He's extra annoyed at other people all the time, which makes him one of the most
0: humorous characters I've written.
1: But he wishes he wasn't ignorant
0: back then. What is his biggest flaw, even if he doesn't know it?
1: He can see the truth in people very easily. But that means he also sees the worst in people now because of his experiences. So he wants to prove to the world the villainy of certain people. That's part of his revenge plan before killing him because it's fun to kill people. But his need to be right overrides his need to learn what's right.
0: That pretty well sums it up for my character as well. It is the inability to take responsibility for anything wrong. The constant blaming of other people and other things for his situation and the problems that he has in life. That is his biggest flaw, is not recognizing his own flaws. What about his strengths? He is very good with people. He may not like them. He may not like to have to rely on anyone. But he is very good at making them see things his way.
1: Again, ditto. I
0: Manipulation.
1: Think, <laughs> I think Jaren and Friday would actually get along if they didn't kill each other first. It's really
0: frightening. <laughs> <laughs> My character's
1: strengths are in a similar vein in that using people is very easy to him and it becomes almost fun just to see how far he can push certain boundaries. He saved a man's life while he was in prison and now this person and his family kind of owes him a life debt and so they help him out. He doesn't even need to talk to a bunch of these people to get them to kill people for him. He can just say, hey, here we go. This could be fun. If your character could attend his own funeral, would he?
0: Oh, yeah, he would. (laughs) What, What does he hope they would say about him? He would hope that they would affirm his beliefs of himself, that he was good, that he was doing what was right, that he wasn't at fault for the bad things that happened in his life.
1: I don't think my character would attend his own funeral. He might be interested in seeing who attended and knowing who was actually faithful to him and who was just afraid of him, but he would be just as content not having a funeral and just dropping into oblivion as having people come and talk about him and praise him in some way.
0: Let's go ahead and move on to the last category of archetypes. Is your character a natural leader or a follower? He's actually a follower in a leadership position. So
1: he's more than happy to let other people take control so long as they all have the same endgame. But because nobody else has the same end game as him, okay, fine, I'll do it myself. He'd be more than happy if other characters joined him in his campaign, even characters that are villains
0: in his mind. But because they aren't, he's on his own. My character is definitely the natural leader, the kind of person that can get anyone on his side and rally the troops, and if he really wanted to take over the kingdom, he could easily do it. But he is the lead from the shadows kind of person, not the lead from the front line of the battlefield. Is he a fight, flight, or freeze? Oh, fight. He wouldn't be caught dead running away, and he's not the kind of person to freeze. I think my character is half fight, half the fourth option. <laughs> yeah.
1: He has a lot of pent-up anger, so that comes out in violent tendencies. But if he's ever like attacked, he'll often manipulate his way out of it. He won't necessarily fight his way out of it. He'll figure
0: out how to make people fight for him. I would still classify that under the fight category. It's just a different kind of fighting. Both of our characters would be the psychological fighters where they are going to do everything they can to talk their way out of things. And if my character got tired of trying to talk his way out, he would just wipe the floor with them. Yeah, mine would too. But
1: gaining the physical intimacy is one of his favorite ways of killing somebody.
0: Yeah. If they had a Hogwarts house, what one would they be in? Three, two, one. Slytherin. (laughs) Slytherin. No doubt about it, straight up Slytherin.
1: Mine would be somewhere between Slytherin and Gryffindor. Because in his younger days, he when he would have been sorted into a house, he probably would have been Gryffindor. He sort of became Slytherin by the time of the events of the book.
0: My character has always put a high emphasis on ambition and being clever. So, definite Slytherin. If there was a subcategory house, it would be Ravenclaw.
1: Yeah, he he likes his books.
0: Yeah. Does he have a spirit animal?
1: Huh. The first thing that came to my mind was a hawk. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah. I think mine would also be a bird. Mostly just because he doesn't like being caged. Maybe shark. Too brutal. Like too... But the, the bloodlust, I think. That's true. very sharky. Yeah. Just the, the need for
0: freedom is his primary yeah. animal instinct. <laughs> so, I hope you enjoyed us going through our questions there your character is friday from the hopefully soon to be released friday and monday i am currently working on editing it which shouldn't take too terribly long
1: next month we will be talking a little bit more about this character in our four-letter word edit and we'll be talking about this editing process so you'll get to meet him again soon but that's why the nickname comment at the beginning (laughs) it's like well if i told you it was friday then i thought about doing monday but I actually have Friday better fleshed out, even though Monday appears in all three books.
0: Your character is Jaren, Yay. It is from my work in progress, working title, Amethyst and Emeralds. He is my main villain. Probably the most well-fleshed out character I have in the whole story because it all basically started around him and his story.
1: Yeah, villains are the most fun.
0: It's true. <laughs> if you want to get to know your character's use these questions. We'll have these questions on our landing page, but you can also just Google story characters questionnaire and you'll get all sorts of results to help you flesh out your characters. The
1: questions we asked today are by no means exhaustive.
0: And as you develop as
1: a writer, you can even start building a list of your own. So you have your own checklist to go through to make sure you know all of these things about your character. But the most important thing in this is just to have fun enjoy it don't overthink it to death where you're no longer interested in the story i know it's very easy to do especially for plotters because they want to flesh out every aspect of the story now and then by the time it comes to writing it they're no longer interested in the story so hopefully by the end of your first draft you can answer all these questions about your character if you're like me where you kind of discover the character as you go But there are a lot of authors who know the characters going into the book. They just don't know what's going to happen.
0: Any way you do it is fine. This whole month has been to help you know your characters so you can write them well. But there's nothing wrong with pantsing it along the way if that's how you write. Because you're just writing your story. You're writing your characters. However you go about it is just fine. Because you always write selfishly.